Hey, thanks so much for listening to Tights and Fights. Thanks to all of your help. We were featured on the front page of iTunes, which is a huge help as we try to expand the show. If you'd like to help us out more, you can write a five-star review like this one from The Psycho Blonde. They say we bring together wrestling, podcasts, and laughing, and that she can't believe how Danielle and I haven't been doing this for years. A quick review like that goes a long way in getting the show over with more people. So get out there and hit those fives on iTunes. Five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. Tights and Fights Podcast. It's the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Al and there's Daniel. And this guy, Mike Eagle, is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and It's Mike and Hal and Danielle. They're gonna talk to you. They got some stories to tell. <laughs> so all the wrestling fans in every nation, get ready for tights and fights. That didn't work out. I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't I know, know it. it. I did. It, it was so bad. <laughs> it might have been great. I just don't know the song. It started it's so bad. Oh, it's Bailey. Yeah, Bailey's. it was oh, bad. Okay. I was. You know what? Mea culpa. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the Mazel Tov cocktail, Hal Lublin. That's, that's, that's that one's good. Like I don't know if we're topping that one. Nope. <laughs> and that's our show. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Goodbye. I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the true geek goddess, Danielle Radford. Hello. And the sexiest of all the pinatas, Mike Eagle. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Normally it's Hal bringing the yeah, sexy, but right. Mike no. was like, I get new year, Ooh, new me. I got to step it up. Hal gave me license. Okay. <laughs> All right. I felt permission. You have so much agency right now. Ooh. It's sick. Turns me on. Yeah, get that, get that hot consent. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Get all that hot consent, right. boys. Mm-mm. We agree, yeah. We got a lot to talk about on our first show of 2017. Do we really? Yes, championships have been won. Number one contenders have been named, and the road to the Royal Rumble, my favorite pay-per-view, continues. God help us, the WWE has another new show that has debuted on the WWE <laughs> Network. <laughs> It's bring it to the table. Come on, man. <laughs> come Look, on, come on. You're so upset by content. If oh. you don't know, I, I, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I won't even describe it. I'll just let the show's host, Peter Rosenberg, do that. Thank you very much. Now, let's not waste any time, guys. Bring it to the table is all about bringing the issues of the day in wrestling to the table. Let's talk about what everyone's talking about. Yeah, let's talk about two guys kayfabing a mark for 30 minutes. <laughs> If you've ever watched Pardon the Interruption on ESPN, it's very similar to that. But on this show, panelists Paul Heyman and JBL took every opportunity to crap on the opinion of the fans who were represented by Rosenberg. Like when they addressed the topic of Raw being cut from three hours to two. As a fan, I would enjoy it more. I enjoy SmackDown more at two hours. what you'd enjoy. He asked if you thought they should cut it from three hours to two hours. No. When it comes to, when I hear the finances that you presented, Why are you qualifying it? Yes or no? Because as a fan, Yes or no? Yeah, I want it to be two hours. Okay, you're entitled to your stupid opinion. Hey, you know who else wants it to be two hours? 
Triple H. He said it on the fucking Steve Austin <laughs> podcast. Uh, Get your fucking story straight. Danielle. Angry, angry how angry. So I'm so mad because I like I like Pardon the Interruption a lot. <laughs> and the idea of a WWE version with JBL and Paul Heyman, I'm there for it. I want it. I don't want that. Like, don't be in character. Tell me, tell me what I want to. If you disagree and you're going to toe the company line, just do it as yourself. You don't have to be the, the advocate for for Brock Lesnar and and the JBL we see on TV. Like, they're interesting guys. Fuck. Danielle, <laughs> WWE clearly wanted to address a lot of internet discussion topics with Bring It to the Table, from the nonsensical, like the value of James Ellsworth, to the serious, like whether Hulk Hogan should be allowed to come back to WWE. Obviously, no. he will. They wouldn't yeah, be mentioning better. him. I Fuck know. They do they, they're doing yeah. it. I'm stopping. That'll be it. Yeah? That'll Is that going to be it? Are you going to become it. the midnight subscriber? I, actually, I'm not even going to go midnight subscribe. I'm just going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking quit. Like... <laughs> Danielle, do you think this show is a viable concept for them? I think it's a great idea. Uh, like on paper, like you said, like it sounds great because those guys, when it's just them being themselves, talking about the business, that shit's really, really engaging. Um, but yeah, so for it, but for it to also be this thing of like, well, we're gonna talk about the business, but it's gonna be kayfabe all all, all the time, but but we're still gonna talk about the stuff the internet's talking about it's like wwe likes to tow that weird line it's like totes deeves line of like <laughs> half kayfabe half like not kayfabe um right. but i do think that it's way better than raw talk either way even as it is now way better than raw talk Sure, but and Talking Smack does a great job of towing that line between yep. kayfabe. And, and look, the truth is, three of us are fans who know next to nothing about what is happening backstage, actually, what's happening with the creative team. And if they want to use this show to educate us, then that's fine. But you don't have to condescend by doing it through characters. Like, ha like explain it. Yeah. Explain it. Or, may or maybe don't. Maybe that's part of, of maintaining the, that. That's what kayfabe is now, is... We're, we're going to keep you shut off from it. You're never going to know exactly what's going on. But yeah, we're gonna, And then we're going to yell at you for yeah. making also, stuff. I think this show's a fucking terrible idea. I think it's the weirdest idea in the fucking world. <laughs> Why is that? Because, like, okay, they're addressing internet smart fan yes. opinions uh, on the network. And, like, why, like... They're, they're, oh, they don't, they, they, oh, it's just so, it's so weird to be, to be like paying them to tell, for them to tell me how they feel about my opinion. It's really it fucking harsh? weird. Do you think it's too harsh? No, I just like, I, I don't think it's too harsh. I just think it's really fucking bizarre. I think it's really bizarre. I think it's just an odd, odd thing. And they, they, they're, they're trying to do a PTI show, and they're spending five dollars on a table and some microphones. They need to, they need to, <laughs> come on, man! It's, they look like they do it in a break room somewhere. Like they, they, they used to look like something. First of all, and secondly, like you know, we're, we're watching because we're compelled by the angles and and action and superstars and all of that. And I dig how many peaks they give us behind the curtain, especially when they do the one-on-one -on -one interviews with like Stone Cold and uh, Jericho and Fo Like I like yeah. those because it's two people having a conversation they just happen to be in the business. This idea of like using Rosenberg as an avatar for like fan opinions and having 
two characters slather shit all over them? Like, right. is this supposed to be entertaining to me? You don't, don't like know. paying them $10 to tell you you're wrong? I don't. They even set it up the way they stage it. It looks like Peter Rosenberg is telling them that he crashed the family car. <laughs> Mom, Dad. Yeah. I have something to tell you. Um, do you think Joel's, James Ellsworth has value? <laughs> but uh, anyway, we'll, we'll see how the production goes. We'll see if it's regular. I know I'm going to keep watching it because I, I really want it to be what I want it to be, which is probably stupid on my part. Let's take a look at Monday Night Raw. Sami Zayn and Braun Strowman had what is probably the final match of their feud, a last man standing match. And after some nice back and forth, Strowman wrecked Zayn with Sami heading out on a stretcher, which was also wrecked by <laughs> Braun Strowman. Mike, if this is the end of the feud, did both Sami and Braun benefit from it? Uh, uh, I mean, you know, Braun benefited Sami. I mean, he looked strong, but he also lost. He lost, like definitively lost. And he got beat up. After he lost, and it doesn't look like they're putting him in a position to avenge this deed since they've moved Braun Strowman yeah. into like the main event picture. So I don't know what the plan is post this for Sami Zayn, and I I never knew to begin with. That's why this feud was always a little, uh, was a little touch and go for me. I don't know what the plan is. What, what do you do with Sami, who clearly has to lose this feud? Well, I mean, is it? Do Do you think? And either of you, do you think this is also this is? It's not the exact same match. I get that. Similar to Foley losing at King of the Ring mm. in the Hell in the Cell, where there's mm. no way he's going to come out of that as the winner. He takes a hell of a beating. He keeps getting up until he's eventually put away. So while while he's not the winner, quote unquote, of that feud, when he moves on, all of a sudden he's way more dangerous see, for the next you know, person honestly, down the line. The, the the part that's not mentioned enough about that match is that. The moment of the match, of course, other than him being hurled off the cage through the table. Being a dead person, yes. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the moment, the other moment of the match is him rising from the dead off of the stretcher to come back into the mm-hmm. match. And I think from that point forward is when everybody's kind of eyes open to, oh, my God, this guy's awesome. Yeah, you know? and he will do right. anything to win and he's going to, or at least try and you can't keep him down. And I think that that is what they were doing with the story for Sammy is it was going to be that, like, you know, you can beat, beat the the motherfuck out of him and he did get the motherfuck beaten out of him yeah but you can do that and he will continue to try and he will continue to fight because he's got the fight because he's the dude that fights because he's a fighter <laughs> like that's his thing i don't know if it was as successful whatever feud he has next he has to be like a changed like ptsd mm, sammy thank like yeah, he's that's good yeah like he's got to be like Oh, I just got the ever-loving crap kicked out of me by a bulldozer with a great Tinder profile. So, (laughs) does he really? Yeah, it's online. You can find it. He's just hanging out in some water. Yeah, he's like, hey, come on in. I'm a big country boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, let me ask something else. Let's let's talk about uh, Mr. Tinder himself, who is a like. I saw him backstage, and he is one of the biggest human beings. Just so big, he. Does look like a monster. He was booked like a monster throughout this entire feud, uh, which was great. I think he did a really great job. But then at the end of Raw, he takes a double spear from Goldberg and Roman Reigns, which puts him down. Does that devalue? Did they undo some of what they did in that feud, Danielle? Yes and no. Because on the one hand, it is like it did take two spears, which are that's like their like end it all. You know, that's their AA, like that's their thing that right. like I'm ending the match now. All Goldberg does is spear. 
all he does is spear, 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 spear. So like when you're getting like that, like the Goldberg spear, and that's not, you have to pair it with the big dog spear or whatever the fuck. Like, and it takes both of them to take him down. Yeah. It is saying that like, look, you are taking this, you know, Goldberg's power move, which has taken out everyone in basically every company, just that one move, plus Roman is also there, and it takes both of them. <laughs> it takes both of them doing their mega power. This destroys gods and men move to take him out. You know what's interesting to me is to me the last segment of Raw and the last segment of SmackDown to me points out like the ultimate difference between the two shows. Um, Raw, you got uh, you know what's what the, the, the big dog Roman and um, <laughs> Goldberg stare down her. And then they both work together to take out Braun Strowman. Right. And <laughs> working together, helping each other. Um, on SmackDown, you got this superheated segment with AJ and Cena. And it wasn't the last segment, but it was, you know, uh, the, the main event segment, like the title segment. Yeah. Um, we got Cena and AJ just killing each other with promos. Whew. And then Baron, com- Baron Corbin comes out and... The corny thing to do, I think, would be to have AJ and Corbin beat up Cena. But instead, AJ kicks him in the head and leaves, and Corbin's yelling at both of them. To me, like, that's, that's, you, you, that, looks like, that looks more like competition. Yes. You're, you know? you're building a title division exactly. rather than a title match. And, you, and you're not doing that weird moment booking that they do on Raw. They just do these moments. They're like, okay, but why, why did that happen? Well, why did you have it, to take Braun off his feet? Why? Wouldn't it be cool? Right, right exactly. Wouldn't that be? <laughs> that's like it's every... just like the dudes with the action figures. It's like, no, and then I take him on one side and then you do him on the other side and then you just like lift him up and isn't that cool? <laughs> that's like every Raw booking meeting. Right there. <laughs> just a bunch of dudes with action figures. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool. They're that'd letting so their kids cool. do it for them. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say something here. Give it to us, how? Please take the U.S. title off of Roman Reigns. Yeah, it's If the only reason he has it is so the light bounces off something when he walks to the ring. Honestly, just, just like shine his up his not... chest protector. Yeah, his hair's doing a fine yeah. job. And I yeah. like Picking Roman. I, I like Roman Reigns. I don't mind him at all. I think he actually puts on good matches. I think the stuff, him being on the mic too much is not his fault. Nope. That's what they're asking him to do. Well, not... And he's not saying stupid right. shit no more, no. at least. Yeah. He knows his character. Stop letting The Rock write your promos. Yeah. <laughs> Plays his character really well. But he has the title, and and he's going for another title. Does that mean that what he has has no value? Right. Yeah. Whereas, like the only reason he has it is because he's a bully. Right. He wanted to take it away from Rusev because Rusev had it. Like I'm like fuck you, Rusev. I'm gonna take your title away, and then that's the end of it. So he uh, uh, he's like he's a heel. Yeah. They're booking him as a heel. Yeah. And he's he by virtue of that booking, that title seems unimportant. That, it, if that title went away, would either of you care? I wouldn't even notice. Right. If he came out without it, I'd be like, oh. Well, actually, I wouldn't I be like, oh, because I wouldn't notice. No, it would just yeah. absorb into his skin. Is that how it would <laughs> do you, uh Do you think, Danielle, that they are doing a good job of setting up the the women's title match? Uh, just, to, just so we touch on it. No, no, no. <laughs> I always want to talk about the women's title picture. Yeah, of course. Um, because I'm a misandrist. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> captured on tape. That's right. What a wonderful predicament you've gotten yourself in. <laughs> and our fans are great. I don't worry about them. Anybody who doesn't want to hear my SJW shit isn't listening to this podcast. Right. I, uh, I am 
very ready for Bailey to be part of the title picture. I am always going to, and I know I'm dumb. I'm always going to be like, let's get some tag, let's get some tag titles for these ladies. Hmm. Sure. Let's give everyone who isn't the two women they've decided to highlight at that point something to do and something to fight for. What are Sasha and Naya fighting over? Hmm. You are a little girl. <laughs> yeah. I am a big girl. It, it, I, I hit but, you, like I'm around little girls all the time. I don't hit them in the face. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm down with with the women's tag division. Uh, to me, the problem as a fan mm. and uh, and a misinterest, <laughs> I hate myself, um, is that they're not building the division. Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks becomes relevant if Nia Jax is taking her down in order to move up the rankings and get right. a title shot. Like you, you had your chance. Now I'm going to flatten you. And I'm gonna step over you yep. to to get to the title. And there isn't that like they did it on uh, when after the brand split, there was a match on SmackDown between two like lower to mid mid card guys, and Marwanello just threw in like this match could have implications for a future title shot for either of these guys, and that. Just that one thing. Yeah. All that of a sudden, I care. Thing. They did that a lot during the Attitude Era. Yeah. Where it was like, this could have European title ramifications. It should this always have... be about, I mean, ultimately, there are other things and there are other stories. But at the end of the day, the idea is you are yes. in WWE because you want to have a title. Imagine a world where Alicia Fox is fighting over a belt and not a boy. How about yeah. it? Yeah. Absolutely. Imagine a world. <sighs> well, uh, if you want to imagine a world where the women are fighting for the title... Let's talk about SmackDown, where that is happening. How dare you? But, <laughs> use, never use my words against me. <laughs> Listen, let's talk about Dolph Ziggler first, then. Uh, he's had a nervous breakdown. Yay! And it's the one we've all been waiting for. After losing to Baron Corbin, Ziggler superkicked Callisto, who just tried to uh, keep him from getting hit with a chair. Am I right? Just trying to save a guy. And then he headbutted Apollo Crews and has yelled, I don't need anyone more times than I can count. <laughs> did you did you hear what he said? The first thing he said to Apollo Crews, which to me, what he's the first thing he said, I really flipped out about. It what popped me hard. He said, "Mind your own business, Mark." Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn. Is this the worst thing you could call a fellow fucking wrestler? No, that's mark. so great. Mind your business, Mark. Wow. Well, we kept talking about how he needs uh, a little bit of a refresher on his character. Uh, and, Mike, how does WWE make sure that this helps him and, and keeps him as an asset to the product? I do think it's the way to go. I, I think... I saw him kind of lightly throw furniture around, which bothered me a little bit. I'm like, you know, like if you're an angry person, just be angry. Like, do you have that in you? Because you have to kind of access it a little bit. He remembered it wasn't his at the last minute. He was like, oh, oh this ain't mine. You don't take this out of my chair. <laughs> but, but you know what it, What else I was thinking about is I watched Talking Smack today, and The Miz flipped out again. And it was so beautiful. Oh, it's I can't just, wait to it see. It's just I haven't beautiful seen it yet. when he flips out. And the reason it's beautiful is because he accesses a real rage inside of him. And it it made me think, I almost wish they would have Miz do this and carry his flip out berserker rage into the ring because you don't ever see it there. You kind of only see it on Talking Smack. Because I feel like with him, it's more visceral. Like he's pounding shit. He's hollering things that he means. Yeah. And when Ziggler kicked Callisto and he was yelling at him on the mat, I was really believing it. But then backstage, not so much. So I think it's going to be a lot on him to make sure that he's keeping the intensity up sure. for this 
crazy turn, you know, and, yeah. and, and then he can carry it forward like that. Because right. I feel like it's a different heel turn than his last heel turn. Right. Like the, the the way that he's played heel before. Mm-hmm. This is more of a like unhinged. Yes. Like I've been, I've you know, it's all I can stands and I can't stands no more. <laughs> do you think like, this? this is... Do you think this puts him in the right mode for for the coming year? Yes. Yeah. I think so. I think I'm I'm I've been I've been ready to see a heel Dolph. So I'm ready to see where he takes this and where this goes. He has needed if they're not gonna push him, then they have to turn him. That's how it's gotta work. Because at this point, he's done, he's hit all the face things he could hit, um, including people, and now it's time for him to they're, they're Actions and circumstance have to have consequences. And there should be a consequence to, I'm always just about to make it. I'm always right on the cusp. I'm always right on the cusp. I'm always right on the cusp, but I'm never getting it, and I'm never getting it, and I'm never getting it. There should be a consequence to that. That is, that should be enough to make someone be like, all right, fuck it. I'm kicking this little dude in the face. It's great. I'm in, I'm in 100%. I'm, I'm down. You yeah. know, I'm yeah, down. But it, it's a lot on him. As a performer, yeah, to access those emotions and yeah. make it real for us, because yeah. it's not that like ego, like I'm hot, I'm Shawn Michaels light thing. It's the like, oh, I done lost it, and I will hit everyone with right. chairs right. gently. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they're not uh, the chairs that are the property of the Gundarina in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> Let's take a look at some title news from the Blue Brand. John Cena revealed his intentions last week to wrestle for the WWE title at the Royal Rumble. Are you guys looking forward to another installment of Styles versus Cena? I am now, yeah. after, after that promo fight. Yes. I was very yeah. into the promo fight. Oh, boy. You ain't, <laughs> you ain't going to be as big as The Rock? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Hit him in a soft spot. <laughs> I do think uh, when they Now bring out Nikki and make her cry. <laughs> <laughs> when you have two guys that you know put on a great match, then the only thing that's missing is why are they fighting? Mm-hmm. So you, that's, that's the thing that makes you care. You're not watching to see, well, let's see if they can put it together. You know that they can. You know that they're two of the best guys in the world, maybe the two best guys in the world right now. Certainly one of them is, and the other one hasn't put on a bad match in years now. Yeah, he has been consistently, like, you can say whatever you want to say about Big Match John. He has been more giving in the ring. He He has been, like, it's like you take all that time of him being dominant, and then he switches it up. To be more of a giving performer, and, and I don't, you know, it, it's not. We we always blame John. I he real life John seems uh, like a very nice, sad, weird guy. Um, <laughs> so, but it's it's that like, yeah, he's never been better. Like yeah. John Cena is giving everything right now, and he's putting other people over, and he's been fantastic for a while. Whenever he comes back, that promo off was great. AJ's never sounded better. Yeah, and I, lo- I loved I loved his heel work. Yes. in that promo, yeah. it wasn't goofy, it wasn't cocky, arrogant. It was I'm a fuck you up. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> There's and nothing like a dude it. with that. Uh, like the the most dangerous, best wrestler in the world is also now cutting the best promos. Yeah. Come on. Yep. I like the edgy John Cena too, since he's been back. Yes, I'm really appreciating the edge. I like it's that little bit of defensiveness that gives him that like. Mm, yeah, and know? there's desperation like too. He's yeah. been he's lost. Yeah. He's been losing. And I like that it's like, I'm John Cena recognized and not like, you know, I'm John Cena. I fight and I stand up yeah. and I you and know fart what I mean? joke, yeah. fart right. joke, fart joke. Exactly. And I'm the, and I do this and, yeah. and and you know support the troops and right. kiss a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's move on to the mid-card where Dean Ambrose has won the Intercontinental title. We've all really loved the work that The Miz has done as champion so far. Do you think it was the right move to take the belt off of him? 
Because I don't. I, I'll tell you. I, like I like the Miz having a really long reign, but on the other hand, I don't like Dean Ambrose chasing. No, it's not as much fun as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I got to say, I feel like just in general in the WWE, there's just a ton of hot shotting going on with belts. And I would like to see title changes happen at big shows. I feel like let's, you know, let's put some shit on the rumble. Let's 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 wait till the pay-per-view and not just do, you know, big title changes on random Raws and Smackdowns. I would like to see just a little bit less of that. And I feel like that's affecting how I'm seeing this title change. Yeah, it's it's. I like having a good, have a good, unexpected title change. And I feel like I've, I've talked about before how much I like that. And then it's like they did the thing that I like, but they did it too much. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I absolutely think that you should be able to, you know, like Raw and SmackDown on all the shows should always feel like, I don't know what's going to happen. The title might change tonight. We don't make those matches also mean something. If you're mm-hmm. going to put the title up on those shows, occasionally yes. that title should change hands. But it's just been happening so much lately, especially with obviously with the women's uh, title. Yeah. Um, that yeah, at a certain point, like I don't need to see two people just like, oh, is it my week or is it your week? I don't mm. even remember. Do you right. think there were days when like Sasha and Charlotte would be walking into the ring and like both of them's like, I thought you had the belt. I do. I think one of the and one of the other things we're seeing as a result of the staggered pay per view thing is it feels like Roadblock has led directly into Royal Rumble, whereas SmackDown hasn't had a pay per view. In almost two months. Yeah, so, but yeah. instead of doing a two month build on these programs, they're doing like a like a one to three week build. So now the main the main event is happening on television. I get that they're trying to drum up ratings, but I think we need to go back to longer programs and let those things. You can book big matches, but it, it just it feels like they're giving it away for free. Maybe they have to now. I don't know. Final note from SmackDown. (laughs) That was so defeated. I know. (laughs) Last week, American Alpha won the SmackDown tag team titles from the Wyatt family. Their feud continued this week and will likely go on up to the Rumble. So real quick, before we move to the end of the segment, was this too soon for American Alpha to get this win or was it just the right time? Mike? Um... Once again, I think it's another situation where I would have liked to see that happen on a big show. Um, and yeah. I feel like that's like that's what feeds into it. Like last week it was the tag titles. This week it's the IC title. Like just put some space in between these things and allow some build up to happen. And I feel, I feel like I'd feel better about them because as quickly as I was excited for the Wyatt family to have belts. Now I'm like, why did they put them on them and they're going to take them off them in three weeks? That's weird. Right. Like it just all that does. It takes me out of watching a wrestling program and makes me think about writing. Makes and we me think should about never. Booking. I mean, right. stop a- making me. I love this show, but I swear to God, stop making me think about wrestling. Yeah. Like, stop <laughs> making me. It hurts. <laughs> My head hurts. Danielle, what do you think? Um, and, and you know what? And it's interesting because now that I'm remembering that it's been that long, because I can't keep up with pay-per-views anymore, guys. Um, <laughs> now that I remember that it's been that long since SmackDown's had a pay-per-view, it's like, oh, well, maybe some of these title changes going into the Rumble make way more sense because they didn't have that kind of like pay-per-view to, to reshuffle yeah. Like the deck before going into what is now the WrestleMania season. Right. So I guess it does make more sense. The Wyatts needed 
the tag titles more than American Alpha does. American Alpha, you cheer for them, you love them. It's really fun to watch them chase titles. It's so much fun to watch those boys try. Um, whereas the Wyatts, if you are these devastating, uh, you know, swamp dudes, then like <laughs> you need devastating swamp dude proof. And that comes in the form of a belt. <laughs> Well, there you go. If we missed any major news headlines, keep the conversation going at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights. When we return, we're going to look back on some of the major news items of last year. That's up next on Tights and Fights. The great questions of your life. The great questions of your life. Should you put ketchup on a hot dog? Put ketchup on a hot dog. Toilet paper. Over or under toilet paper. Star Wars, Star or, Star Wars Trek. or Star Trek. Fear not, my friends. Fear not, Mark my and friends. Hal always reach the definitive answer. Simply listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Pacific on Maximum Fun. Fun. We got this. Your better self is right around the corner. Namaste. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined in the booth by... Danielle Redford. And... Michael Eagle. Oh, Eagle. It's time for our main event, where we give special attention to one area of the wrestling world. This week, in honor of it being a new year, we're going to look back on some of the notable events of 2016 and talk a bit about what defined the year in wrestling. Starting off for both of you... What are some of the biggest events in wrestling that you remember from this year that you think divined 2016? For me, I have trouble remembering what happened when. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what happened when? <laughs> you, you now. I will say, uh, you know. I'd say AJ Styles. Yeah, his uh, yeah. premiere for I'm sure. Throw AJ Styles his out year, there, man. I mean, to premiere. think, to think, yeah. he debuted in the WWE like. This time last year in the position he's in now, who the fuck would have thunk that? Yep. Everything is one. That's one of those moments where I'm like, wrestling is wonderful <laughs> when it's right, wonderful. Right. Yeah. Just wrap me up in a cloak of AJ Styles. No. Yep. Ooh, gross. Wow. Okay. That's not what I meant. You know what I mean? I feel bad because I'm always like, AJ Styles, just the way that he moves his body is the most beautiful thing in the world, but I always have to preface it with, I'm not, I'm not trying to bang AJ Styles. Like, right, I don't, right, right. It's not a sexual thing. It's a, like it's like looking at a Barishnikov. It's like, it's yes. like he's a beautiful gazelle of a man. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yes. it's yeah. crazy. Like, even his entrance, if you look at it, there's like five things he's doing with his body. It looks like dude just takes the hoodie <laughs> off, but no, because like he does a thing, and then he's on his feet, and then he pops his stuff. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's so... Like, it's you guys, I, you guys got to see Danielle Popper stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just you know, uh, I went to theater school and I took movement classes, and so when I see him do that stuff, I'm just like, look at that fucking isolation. You isolate. <laughs> you isolate. <laughs> it's like a beautiful southern chin-strapped gazelle. Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, I have some other moments, but I'll uh, let's let's go around. Any other? Uh, 
just some specific moments that stick My out. My brain is poop right now. I don't remember anything. I, I you'd have to you'd have to say I've, things. I have prompts. Okay, let's go back. <laughs> That's yeah. very helpful. Hal. Let's go back to talking smack. Oh, I love talking this smack. This past summer, and That's that right. happened this I, year. It did. Yes, that it was a new thing. Every week, when <laughs> and I like it. Uh, <laughs> GM Daniel Bryan and The Miz got into a bit of a kerfuffle. Is the best over who is soft and who is retired, and who was on the never-ending Intercontinental title world tour understand that this is day 141 of the never ending intercontinental championship world tour and i swear to you i promise you it will be the most relevant title on smackdown live i could care less about those little kids on, on, on for the tag team titles and the women's championship and the wwe championship this is my show my show I mean, that was a highlight moment, not only for his for his career, but it put Talking Smack on the map. It really did. It made it like... And SmackDown by extension. Yep, really did. It made it like a huge thing. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the, the women's title and having it being taken so seriously and yeah. being like a title. Um, and reintroduced. Yeah, and having it be reintroduced um, by a very tired Lita. The winner of the triple threat will be the recipient of the first ever WWE Women's Championship. That's huge. But like that, that's obviously a huge deal is the, the women's title and what happened with the women's division. And the fact that like they really ramped up, whereas before it was like, oh, well, the NXT ladies, you know, they'll headline a show, but it'll be like co-headliners, like what you do when one person on, like, one act isn't very popular, and so you're like, oh, you'll be a co-headliner. It's like, nah, you to opener. Um, <laughs> to, to now, they're like, you know, they're main eventing Raw. They're main eventing, actually legit main eventing uh, pay-per-views and live events. And mm -hmm. and that title feels like something, even with, even, it, it goes to show how important that title feels, that you can play that weird hot potato with it for a couple of months and it still, still feels hella important. Yes. So that's my thing is the women thing because <laughs> I'm a misandrist. I guess. Like, I just don't. You're and, on brand. Yeah, I'm on brand. It's uh, it's the women's title and AJ's great body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what do you think defined 2016 for you? I like some of those beautiful raw moments that never get followed up on. Like Owens winning the title. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. a real big deal. That was a great moment. I was real happy for him. So and I watched that over and over again. I can't believe it just happened. What did we just witness? Triple H has handed the Universal Championship to Kevin Owens. Those fit a theme, though. Uh -oh. Those fit an established independent wrestler mm. being elevated yep. to the top of the company. And that's happened on both brands. Yep. Not on the, not on the I mean, the women you could say, are, Charlotte certainly is homegrown. Yeah, but but, uh, but Sasha was she wrestled in the Indies for quite a bit. Yeah, she really so did know yeah. That. So did Becky. Yeah, there's pictures of her, and she's smaller because she hadn't put on the muscle yet. And it's like, why is someone letting this twelve year old? <laughs> <laughs> but AJ, that ring it can't AJ, be it can't be okay. AJ Styles came in as AJ Styles, and within his first seven months with the company, he had the world title. Yep. The the and I mean Jericho came in as Jericho, and he 
but he was a WCW guy. Mm-hmm. These aren't people who who wrestled for the competition. They cut their teeth in Japan and TNA, Ring of Honor, and places that are not fringe, but they're not they're independent promotions. So this maybe was the year of the of the indie wrestler. I don't think they, there's there's no precedent for the the wave of indie talent on top that they have right now, and and that's even I mean if you look at the guys on top through NXT and yeah. all of that, just like indie wrestling is completely permeated the WWE, and I mean it's awesome. I mean I think there's drawbacks too. Sure, you know like I'm I couldn't I could stand to never see another suicide dive ever again. Yeah, I'm kind of yep. done with the suicide. Kinda dive. done with the Tobacco suicide. Yeah, Ooh, man, Tobacco suicida. Suicida. stop dying. Right. <laughs> Please don't kill any more people that I love. Let's not do anything called suicide anymore. Yeah. yeah. How, How about, about that? Take it out. Completely. Yeah. yeah. You still have to do that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it's that. And, and also this idea, whereas, like, obviously there have been, for the last couple of years, a lot of indie people coming in. But it's almost this idea of, like, not even that, you know, the WWE is the biggest thing in the world, because obviously it is, but almost this idea of indie dudes being able to do it so well on the indie scene that they're almost using the WWE as a retirement plan. Yo. That's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. All right. Before we before we hop out of the segment, a very quickly, biggest surprise of 2016, biggest surprise moment for each of you. Um, You know, it really... The Shane thing was huge, obviously. Shane was a big deal. Shane was a big, big deal. Yeah. Um, and it looked like it was heading somewhere really, really fun. And it is fun. I'm not going to say that like it's not fun. Like The, the, the brand split has been really, really fun. The, his individual storyline was kind of weird and wonky there for a second, but ultimately I like where we've ended up. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think Shane coming back is like the biggest one for me because a lot of the other things that were sort of surprises were things that was like eh, I could kind of see that coming I thought that Shane was off in China being his own man right? and just being happy to not be involved in the company so like him coming back and then reading that gosh that was that that Vice yeah, article Vice. Yeah. that great Vice article was like nah like they for real got real beef beef Wow, I was like, ah, cool. There you go. <laughs> Mike, biggest surprise of 2016. Uh, I, we touched on it a second ago, but I think the biggest surprise for me that wasn't spoiled by watching the West Coast Raw and seeing trending topics was uh, it was Triple H coming back to help Owens win the title because I just did not see that shit coming. And it's the kind of thing where you're watching a match and you're into it. And then you see the crowd go nuts. You're like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then Triple H is fucking there, beating people up. And and it was it was great, especially when he hit Seth Rollins because the last you saw him, yeah. they were all still working together. And it was like, so "What the fuck? Who's he gonna yeah. help put over?" So that was a moment that I found myself like really being surprised. And I watched it a ton of times over and over again. All right. Uh, well, I want to say it's AJ Styles premiering at the Royal Rumble, but I have to go with Brock Lesnar putting over Goldberg in less than 90 seconds. That was a big one. I was so surprised. I didn't realize the match had started or ended. Yep. (laughs) A lot of you... That's weird, though. (laughs) That's right. Well, a lot of you have been coming on Facebook and telling us about your favorite wrestling moments from the last year, whether that was your favorite superstars, matches, or more. And we've been throwing ours out there as well, so be sure to join us at facebook.com slash groups slash tights fights. When we return, we've got the first three count of the year. That's up next on Tights and Fights. If you love podcasts, comedy, and creativity, and you're looking for some new friends to share them with, why not check out MaxFunCon 2017? MaxFunCon is a chance to get away from it all, spend a weekend laughing, and return inspired to create amazing things. Join us for MaxFunCon in Lake Arrowhead in June, 
or MaxFunCon East in the Poconos in September and prepare yourself for one of the best weekends of your life. Tickets are on sale now at MaxFunCon.com. Dyson Bites Podcast. Dyson Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined as always by Daniel Redford and Michael Eagle. Every week, we like to end the show on an upbeat by putting over three things we enjoyed from the wrestling world. This is the three count. <laughs> Danielle, you're up first. What do you want to put over? Okay, I'm putting over. Um, so this was put on the internet by Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Um, it's a post-match interview with the Mac um, when he first won the United Wrestling Network Television Championship in 2012. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just a dude being real grateful for being where he's at, from where he came from, and he cries, and I love Willie Mac. So here you go. I may hold this belt. But this belt belongs to each and every one of you who stand out that line and wait for these shows. This is yours just as much as mine. Thank no, you, you can't get my checks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, check, the checks stay here. And, and please buy my t-shirt. William. Oh. Yeah, so William and now that Mac. dude's on Lucha Underground doing Stone Cold Stunners. So many stunners. So many stunners and just being <laughs> awesome and great. And it's just, it's nice when you watch people who work hard uh, get stuff. So mm. that's uh, that's it. That's my that's my weepy that's my weepy thing. It's beautiful. What a nice way to, to move into 2017. Yeah, just just some gratefulness. Just a little bit of just a little bit of humble little stuff. Gratitude. That's little gratitude. Right. Little, little gratitude. Little gratitude. Yeah. Mike, what about you? What you oh, man. So um, we've had a little holiday break, and you know me, listening to wrestling podcasts okay. every day. <laughs> um, I wanted to put over something that I found that I listened to that was incredible, but not because it was good. Um, we all know about the Hart family. Uh, you know, the, the, the uh, Owens and the Bretts and the Natties and the Bruces and the Stews. Uh, and and all of that, but there's a, a somewhat known nephew named Teddy Hart, oh. who uh, I first heard about probably around like 2009. I was mm-hmm. watching Ring of Honor, and I was like, "Who is this incredible person doing like these crazy sick 490 splashes um, in the corner and adding elbows and and doing all this crazy stuff?" I mean, just in terms of independent move set brilliance, I think he kind of paved the way for a lot of what we're seeing. Uh, in a WWE product nowadays, but he's also a known crazy person. And I, um, you know, I have a psychology degree. I've worked with kids with with all sorts of mental health issues, so I'm definitely sensitive to it, but I also definitely know crazy when I hear it. (laughs) I'm Mike. I have a degree. I do. (laughs) Sorry I wasted all that time and and money doing that (laughs) so I could come here and talk about wrestling with you guys. (laughs) Help me out real good. Um, I mean, this is a guy who has... He has trained cats and how to wrestle. You know, what? he's taught cats how to wrestle. Uh, he Dude, like, I will watch. Where do I watch cat wrestling? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I'm sure if you if you look up Teddy Hart cat wrestling, you'll find it. I don't know if you're gonna like what you see, but I it'll definitely will. be there. I think isn't broken Matt Hardy's next match against three cats? <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually it's against uh, three cats who are in the shape of Jeff Hardy. Oh, <laughs> spot monkey cats. <laughs> that's, that's great, brother. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he was on Talk is Jericho this last week, and man, 
um, it was just an amazing occurrence having this man talking to a microphone. Um, he's, he's been a lot of places and done a lot of things and he has a lot of stories that, that don't make sense. And, uh, I, I recommend it for listening, but be warned that, uh, you know, if you got triggers about hearing crazy folk talk, <laughs> then don't hit that button. Ooh. Click, click, boom. Here's a little bit right now. Stomach yourselves. Brett caused the business to, to stay at a certain level until Sean and Brett worked together, and then they elevated it up where after that you needed to see a guy that was a cross between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, which was where I wanted to be. Jack Evans wanted to be. Uh, Ricochet wanted to be. Neville wanted to be. Will Offspray wanted to be. They wanted to be the most technical guy along the lines of what you do, what Dean Malenko did, what Rey Mysterio did, and then have this other style where they have Shawn Michaels' charisma. They have Shawn Michaels' unpredictability. I never knew what Sean was going to do. He maybe did the same moves a lot, but I never knew what he was going to do. I always knew what Brett was going to do. And that was, he, he didn't take a breath in there. That's yeah. fascinating. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm, what an interesting, fascinating like look at some stuff. Is yeah, the, it turns left hard a couple of times. <laughs> oh. I was going to say, is the second part of that the, co- the part of the cocaine high where he says, let's start a business. I got an idea for a business. Everybody write down their ideas. What we're going to do is come up with the greatest invention you've ever heard of in your entire life. We're all going to make money and then we're all going to live together in a big house and maybe it'll be a boat too. Do you guys like water? I don't yeah. like water. I can't swim anyway. But Stu did it. Marshall <laughs> Michaels did it. Bret Hart did it. Triple H did it. I mean, he's, and he's so he's he's so 100% brutally honest. He talks about being addicted to GHB and doing Oof. a bunch of steroids. And, wow. I mean, it, it is a harrowing thing to listen to. So <gasps> I want to put that over, I guess. Sure. <laughs> I want to let people know about I it. I definitely, I think there's something uh, interesting about, without getting into like trauma porn of it, mm-hmm. of listening to someone who's been through some stuff and maybe still going through some stuff. Definitely. Uh, but someone who knows a lot, I don't know. I, it sounds like yeah, an he has, interesting he has a lot of very interesting. He talks yeah. about he talks about having a fist fight with CM Punk. Like he basically says he whoops CM Punk's ass. Wow. But then like five minutes <laughs> later, he's talking about how much how much great CM Punk did for the business and all. You know, it's it's very up and down, very manic. Uh, wow. You know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, well, I'm gonna put over the lighter side of wrestling podcasts. Oh. Um, Mike turned me on to something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard, <laughs> and uh, recently they did an end of the year uh, grab bag. Basically, they took questions from social media and, and had him answer them. And and uh, anybody who's been listening to that show knows that Bruce Pritchard is is quite the impressionist, and he's built a cadre of impressions of his fellow wrestlers and bookers and managers. So uh, Conrad, in what appears to be uh, an ongoing bit, p- sets up an improv, an improv level one situation. Where all of these characters are ordering lunch together, and I just want to mark this down as the last time I enjoyed Conrad forcing Bruce Pritchard into an impression. So here's that. And Mr. McMahon, could I get your order as well? God damn, pal! Ah, uh, turkey, onion, extra onion. God damn, good call, corny. Uh, Mustard on whole wheat. And Mr. Patterson. I don't give a fuck. If you got the Italian sub, put a lot of the oil and the vinegar on it. And uh, Mr. Savage. Mm-hmm. What was that that you were having? Yeah, brother. Uh, dig it. Give me what he had. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. And, uh-huh. and a cup of coffee. Yeah. 
God damn, that bit used to be over. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I love his cornet. I love his cornet. It's so good. So much. I cannot, that is the, uh, that is one of the podcasts I look forward, like I'm sad that Fridays, when there's not though. a new one and I, I have two more days, two more days and I know I'll get to hear it again. Why do they hate each other so much? Because that's the rule. Yeah. It's conflict. They're going to fall in love season three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Our hosts are Daniel Radford and Mike Eagle, along with me, Hal Lublin. Our producer and moral conscience is Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter. And remember to review us on iTunes. It's a big help, and we need you to help us grow. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Wrestling. Tyson Fights Podcast. Tyson Fights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.